Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Thank you, Chuck and girls. I've got your music sheets here. I'll go. You need those back right now? All right, there you go. Very good. Very good. Musicians that are so good, they don't even realize they're missing their music. That's good. That's good. Very good. Well, I do appreciate the opportunity that I do have to share with you something on my heart. And uh, it is. It's very dear to me uh, because of the fact of uh, um, it deals with, ultimately deals with trials. It deals with trials. And uh, I know there's a lot of trials that are continually in the house of God. And there, of course, they're outside as well. It's just that in the house of God, you know where you're at, that you can get answers, and they're still looking for answers. Um, they're trying to come up with answers. And uh, this is giving a trial that's hit our, our community even, perhaps maybe you're not aware of it, a trial that's hit our community even in the last week and a half, two weeks or so, and that is a young man committing suicide over at Miles Sable Schools. Once again, uh, what's been brought to my attention is, uh, is the fact that uh, those who were in attendance at the service dealing with this They were amazed because they do come to a place where they get substance, which is Myo Baptist Church. Um, They know the lack of substance when they see it. And they went to the memorial service and they said, man, it lacked hope. It lacked ministering. It lacked what the young people needed. And I don't know, that's just the feedback I've gotten. It's what I've heard from two different directions. And um, that burdens your heart because that means there's young people in uh, the hundreds over there that did not get what they need and they're struggling and trying to deal with the fact of a loss of life and the whys, the hows, and all the other questions that come into it. And, uh, and that really comes off of, of when I learned about that on Sunday, Sunday night late, uh, I, uh, that comes off of just bringing this message to a bunch of young people and staff over at Kobiak uh, on Friday night. And of course, this is born out of just the fact that we deal with a lot of counseling around here of helping people with the tri- trials and challenges that they deal with. In fact, Sunday night, I dealt with somebody here till late dealing with depression. And I can say that they're, they're not here, and, uh, but they, they're badly dealing with depression and very emotionally dealing with depression. And, uh, you know, the fact is, is that um, in this room, there are people you've gone through trials before. Some of those trials are pretty steep. Some of those trials are pretty steep. Uh, but as pastors mentioned, you've also got the trial of the actual car battery won't start. We, at the time, it's, it's an annoyance, uh, but we call that small in comparison to perhaps other trials you've had in your life. But the, the, the title, really, of, of the message this afternoon really is a more of a question. And it's a question that bears answering because the question, no doubt, that you've either said before or you've heard said to you, but does God give us more than we can handle? Once again, you've heard my testimony before. You know, I've had a mother pass away. I've had a father pass away. A mother, when I was younger, passed away. I've had other trials that have entered my life. But perhaps you've had trials. Maybe you're going through one right now. A trial you're going through, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging you to the, to the utmost of what you're dealing with. Uh, it could be a diagnosis. could be, I don't know what. could be that a car is giving you fits, and, and you're figuring out how in the world am I supposed to get this car going again. And, uh, you know, many of us have been there before. Uh, dealing with various trials of, of different and sundry things. Uh, but perhaps you've perhaps said to someone when they ask you, hey, how are you doing? Well, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I know God doesn't give us any more than we can handle. And maybe you've said that. 
because that's what's been articulated to you over the years. Maybe you, uh, maybe you've had someone say that to you. Well, we know with what you're dealing with right now. I know God won't give you more than you can handle. And you look at that and you go, okay. But but doesn't it seems like it is that way sometimes? Doesn't it doesn't it at times seem like as though this is more than I can handle? You ever been there before? You know, about a month about a month ago, uh, my wife and I were there dealing with some trials and. I remember, you know, she's crying. She's laying there in the bed, and it's in the middle of the night, and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to encourage her and help her. And I got to a point where I was crying as we were in prayer, pleading to God for help and wondering, God, how much more can we take with this trial? How much more can we take physical exhaustion, it said, and many other things were going on. And we could find ourselves going, God, I've always thought or I've always been told you will not give us more than we can handle. But why am I so overwhelmed? I question that phrase. Have you ever been there before? Fact is, in this room, one of the great things about the family of God, as we just sung a few moments ago, is you look through that song, great words, great words of song, great content, and, and taking us through steps of the fact that, wait a minute, I am in the right place because There are people here that have dealt with the loss of a loved one. There's people that here have dealt with the loss of a child. There's people here have been diagnosed with that dreaded disease. There are people here that have gone through uh, a child that has gone wayward. There There are people here that have gone through my trial before. And just in case you're one that says, even this afternoon, no, nobody understands what I'm feeling. Careful, that's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the devil. Because one thing I can tell you for certain is that you've not been tempted in any point that is, that is uncommon. Because God's word says that you all points, whatever you've been tested in, it's not uncommon to man. But God will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God's word promises that. But in, in looking at that aspect of, of, of that scripture and looking at the fact of, okay, so I'm here, I'm unfortunately a part of a family of God where other people understand, yes, but that helps to some degree, but does that help to the fullest? No, because at 2 a.m. in the morning, your flesh has a great way of arguing with those concepts. Your flesh has a great way of just, just if you go going, well, yeah, but still, I'm, I can't bear this any longer. Turn to Job chapter 6 as we get started here this afternoon. Does God give us more than we can handle? And of course, as I head for Job, and many of you are familiar with the story of Job, and so we won't spend too much time with the story of Job, but I, I want to highlight some passage of Scripture that really came out of my own personal study time. Um, you know, when uh, Brother Frazier was here preaching and encouraging this, the overall reading of Scripture, I heard it, uh, but it was sometime later that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going through my own devotions and so forth, but my wife reminded me just how valuable it is even just to read the Scriptures on top of what you're doing devotions. We can get doing a daily bread or get doing uh, some other devotional book, and yet there is just nothing quite like reading and saturating yourself with the, with the living Word of God, the Scriptures. And, uh, and so through my study of that, began in Genesis doing a chronological read. Um, you know, the other day I was in Job chapter 6, and this stuck out to me. When you look at ch- chapter 6 of Job, look at verse number 1. But Job answered and said, Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed. Look at what he's dealing with here in this, in this regard. And my calamity laid in the balances together. For now it would be e- heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore my words are swallowed up. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. The poison whereof of drinketh up my spirit. The terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. Doth the wild ass bray when he hath grass, or, or, or loweth the ox over his fodder? Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? The things that are my soul refused to touch are, as, are, my, are as sorrowful meat. 
Oh, that I might have my request. Oh, that God would grant me the thing that I long for. What's he long for? He's telling how bad things are and how just simple common things of daily life are just, are just not good. And what do they mean anymore? And who cares about them? Oh, that I could have this one request. Even verse number nine, even that I, it would please God to destroy me. That he would let loose his hand and cut me off. Then should I yet have comfort. I mean, you look at this, you go, whoa. You ever been there where things are so bad, God? If you're going to take me, just take me. If that's where the deliverance is at, then deliver me. Just take me. You, you might sit there and think, well, how could it get that bad? Maybe you've been there where it's been that bad. I've been there a few different times in my life. Once my junior year of high school where I, I did want to commit suicide. I wanted deliverance. We get to that place just as Job did because there's so much we're, we're, we're learning upon our own strength. We're leaning upon our own self. And right here, Job is going, I just don't get it. This is what my request would be. He's dealing with physical misery. He's dealing with a wife who said, hey, curse God and just die. That's real encouraging. If you don't have your wife with you, I mean, that's, that's real encouraging. Uh, so you've got a wife who's tempting you to curse God and die. You've got ignorant and insensitive friends getting around you who only add more to the confusion. I mean, the truth is, Job is struggling with confusion because he's taken his time to go before God. And we'll look at that here in just a moment. He's taking his time to go before God, and he's not understanding what is happening because, as we all should do whenever a trial hits, is God is, are you trying to get my attention about something? Is there something in my life that's not right? that is not pleasing to you, that I need to get right. But it's not always that trials come because of sin. Trials just come because we live in a fallen world. We live in a very sinful world, as you heard this morning. So you look at the fact that we're looking at these passages here, we consider the fact that, one, he used to have children he cared for. Those children are all gone. So now there's no one to care for. Boy, that took up a lot of your time. If you're a mom, and of course, if you, naturally, if you're dad as well, but moms especially understand that children take a lot of time to care for. Well, that's gone. Uh, his substance is gone. How he took care and provided for his own needs, gone. Uh, his ability to influence. Well, why didn't have the ability to influence? Because the people who used to influence are questioning him now, going, I don't think you're being honest with yourself. Nobody could have this much bad go, go wrong and there not be something not right with you. But they were wrong. And the only reason we know that is because we know the beginning of the story. But if you saw somebody going through what Joe's going through, you're going to go, dude, you've got a problem. This much going on? You need to go to the altar. Something needs to change here. Something needs, something needs to change in your life. And look what he says in verse number 13. Okay, look at, let's look at verse number 12, first of all. Is my strength the strength of stones, or is my flesh of brass? Is not my help in me, and is wisdom driven quiet from me? Now, I had to kind of flesh this out a little bit. Ultimately, what Job was saying when you look at this passage, my conscience is clean. There's nothing within me where I'm being impure or anything else where it can be charged against me. But I have nothing left in myself to prove as my defense. There's nothing within me. And yet the trials are continuing. The boils are, everything is just continuing and it's torturing me. There's no more defense. What is going on? You assume that, well, once I confess my sin, he's faithful and just forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 
okay, the trial will start to weaken, right? It'll, it'll start to calm down. It'll start to die off. Absolutely. I mean, after all, I mean, the car will now start, right? Oh, the, the, the bill will be paid for, right? Uh, the di- we're going to have a plan to, to battle this disease, right? Well, what, do you, what do you mean no plan to battle? What, what do you, why are we losing this battle? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why, why is the money still not there? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, okay, I don't understand this. What's, what's going on here? Why, why is this continuing? Why, okay, Lord, what else is it you want? I don't have... And so therefore you've got insensitive, ignorant friends who think they know. They think they know. Turn over in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want you to look at verse number 8 with me. And you look here at Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse number 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Paul himself coming to that place where I assume my life is over. Because this trial is pressing down on me in such a great way I assume my life is over. This is more than I can bear. I must be nigh unto death. It's coming. Does it sound like God was giving Paul more than he could handle? Yeah, he sure was. Job was definitely at the end of his rope. Does God give us more than we can handle? He said, why would God do that. Why would God give me more than I can handle? And I know you know the right answer to articulate to me. Well, to show us our weakness, to show us our strength. It's true, but you've got to dive deeper into that and come face to face with who you really are and look in the mirror, the mirror of the word of God and be changed into his glory by seeing the truth about yourself. God didn't tell Job a lot more about himself. God told, God, God told Job a lot more about him. We know that when we study more about the book of Job, and of course we see that in Paul's life as well, where, where was God taking Job? Where was God taking Paul? Well, we see there in that verse number 9, we read the first part there, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. What's our propensity? Our propensity is to trust ourselves. Paul says that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. You know, I've, I've, I've met with many young men over the years, dealing with various uh, counseling things and so forth, but one thing obviously is pretty common to man, to mankind, the male gender, is obviously looking at the wrong things. Men are stimulated by sight and, and, uh, uh, and that, that kind of thing, and, and trying to control their hormones, And one thing I have told many a young man and older men, as counseling has taken place at different times, is don't ever, ever think, I got this. I can handle this. Because pride goeth before destruction. Don't ever think that way. 
I remember years ago when I was just getting starting into ministry that uh, I said something in front of a youth group and my girlfriend at the time, I don't think we were engaged at the time necessarily, but, um, but Amber uh, uh, mentioned to me that I, I, said, I said to a youth group, I will never, ever, ever cheat on my wife. I, would never, I will never, ever do that. And it was time after that that I got thinking and she challenged me on that matter and it was like the Holy Spirit was already challenging me on that matter. I was like, oh, really? Now what I say is, by the grace of God and by my obedience to God, I pray that I will never do that. Because there is no sin you're not capable of. And God is telling here to Job, he's telling it to Paul, two godly men. We know they're godly because that's exactly what God has said about Paul. It's what God has said about Job. Consider my servant Job. We know because we see the storyline, we go, God considered Job faithful to be able to withstand this trial, to be able to have the strength. He knew that Job will hang in there, and Job's faith will grow as a part of this process, and Job's faith did grow as a part of the process. And so when we get looking at this passage of Scripture here, we're reminded of the fact that when trials come, God is ultimately saying, I am giving you more than you can handle to bring you to me. To bring you to me. To help you to see that you're trusting in yourself. You're trusting in yourself. And that always leads to trouble. No matter what it is you are dealing with, you may say, but you don't understand, I, the other night or the other day or, or last week or last month or whenever your trial is hit or maybe you're in the midst of it right now, you say, I don't know what else to do. I am so overwhelmed. Well, as God did with Paul, as God did with Job, he always directs a person to go to the answers to deal with these troubles. And that's why our counseling around here is always to get, say to you, okay, here's what you need to do. God's word, spiritual music. These are the things you do because no matter what you're dealing with, they say, but it's so exhausting, it's so tiring. I know what you're telling me to do. I need to go to God's word. I need to get into God's word. But it's so exhausting to me because I feel like I have to do it intensely. Yes, you do. There are seasons where you can't even stand at this kitchen sink and you can't even wash dishes without some spiritual music going because your mind wants to wander, wants to worry, wants to lust, wants to get bitter, wants to get angry. Your mind wants to wander and you have to be so intentional about it for a while. And I get the exhaustion of it. I get it. Been there, done that. But keep in mind, there's always one more song to listen to. There's always one more verse to meditate on. There's always one more prayer to pray. There's always one more. You may say, but I've done everything I can. Really? I've said the same thing before. I've gone to people before and said, I don't know what else to do. Well, that means you've done as much as you're aware of. And then there's probably a few things that the Holy Spirit continues to remind you of that you need to do to get through this trial and you're refusing to. I've been there. But perhaps you have done everything. That's why we seek counsel so we can find out, hey, I'm being pressed beyond what I know to do. What more can I do? And there's always one more verse to look at. There's always one more song to listen to. There's always one more prayer to pray. There always is. And that's why what makes the world out there different from us is because there's always hope. There's always hope. 
No matter what, there is always hope. You know, a song, uh, and maybe you ran across it online, written by Ben Everson. Great song, I'll Pray Again. How many of you are familiar with that song, I'll Pray Again? I don't know if you are familiar. I'd encourage you, go, get online, look at YouTube, look up Ben Everson. He's an evangelist. He wrote the song, I'll Pray Again. Great, great song. Terrific song. He says in there, I'll pray again. I'll kneel again. I'll knock on the door. Ask him for more strength for the fight. Peace in the night. Trusting by faith the answer he'll send. I'll pray again. That's just the chorus. The, the, I, I wish you, I, I could play it in here, but it is, it's just a powerful, the visual, that he, he did a great job with that video, but it is just a powerful song that there's always one more thing you could do. Don't think. When you are here, that means you're close. Close to what? Mental breakdown, Pastor? Possibly. If that's where your flesh takes you. Possibly at that place of just being completely overwhelmed and you're so frustrated. And poss- I'm, am I close to an explosion, Pastor? Possibly if that's where your flesh takes you, but God has a different plan. God has a different plan. He said, if you will but humble yourself and seek my face, you'll find me. We are where we're at as a result of our own making. You say, I didn't make this disease come upon me. No, 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 no. That's the sinful world we live in that just it comes and it's targeting and you can drink as much water as you want and take as much vitamin C as you want and you can take good care of your body as you should. But you know what? That's God's choosing. That's what God allows. God's going to allow what, to fall, what falls where. But what we do have control over is, Lord, what will be my response? What will be my response to what I'm dealing with? If you ask me as somebody who has had bad responses in life, I will tell you as a testimony that fighting God is utterly foolish. I've been there. Fighting God, and all I did was lose strength. All I did was lose my, my, my physical vitality. All I did was, was ruin fellowship, guilt, uh, pain. And I think that's better. No, it's not. I fooled myself into thinking it is. You know, the burdens may seem great. The needs may seem like there's many. But uh, let me tell you something. Push the car one more time. Push the car one more time. You say, it just continues to die on me. Push the car again. Just keep pushing the car. Until God provides another car. I've been there, done that. I had a youth ministry in Florida that pushed a lot of my cars, okay? And one thing I learned, you say, well, what can you learn through that? To always do soul winning within a few blocks of your home. So that way they don't have to push it so far, okay? And I, you learn, you learn, you go, okay, Lord, all right, we, I got, there's plenty of homes within my home, all right? And always, this is another important thing, always make sure you have strong guys in the, in the car with you, okay? Always make sure the weak guys go with the other youth leader. You get the strong ones, okay? That's important. You say you thought through all that? I did. I had no choice. It died on me all the time. 
And it was all I had. You cannot do soul winning in a cab, okay? The hurts may seem so deep. The responsibilities, especially for a young mom, can seem endless. And yet you've got older moms saying, hang in there. But I feel like God's giving me more than I can handle. That's because he is. He wants you to experience his grace. He wants you to see him. He wants you to see him. Uh, he wants you to see who he is and how great he is. And in 2 Corinthians 1, 9, as we were looked, he says, I want you to have confidence in me, not in you. I want you to have confidence in me because I'm the one is able to raise the dead. I can raise you through this whole thing. Not necessarily deliver you, but take you through it. As Paul asked in 2 Corinthians 2, 16, who is sufficient for these things? Who is sufficient for these things? I'm overwhelmed. God wants us to see that, that he is the one that's sufficient. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency is of God. And so, as he taught Paul, and Paul learned, and he's seeking to teach each of us, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Isn't it hard to glory? Lord, while I'm sitting here and I'm absolutely miserable, I'm supposed to give you glory? In the midst of your tears, yes. Saying, God, I trust you. God, it hurts. But I trust you. That's a difficult place to come to, but I will tell you, when you do get there, it's a joyful place to be. It's a joyful place to be. Does God give us more than we can handle? I think you know the answer to that. The answer is absolutely yes. And when somebody says to you, God never gives us more than we can handle, you go, that's not true. God doesn't give us any more than we can handle, but by his grace. We've got to have his grace because God made us to be dependent upon him. God made us Therefore, he sustains us. Does God give us more than we can handle? Absolutely, he does. And at the same time, with that being said, I ask you to keep mindful of the fact there's always one more verse to be read. There's always one more song to be listened to. There's always one more prayer to pray. And you can keep repeating that process. And he will take you through it. Perhaps deliver you sooner than you think. Perhaps it will end as Paul thought was going to end for him. It's going to end with me going to glory. Not a bad alternative. Not a bad alternative. And yes, you might sit there and think, young person who's listening to this right now, you may think, well, it's easy for you to say, I still want to, I still, I get that. But once you go through trials and you start seeing, you know what? Earth is not all it's cracked up to be. But until then, I'm going to rejoice and use it for God's glory and strive against my flesh and continue to beat it down, knowing that with his grace, I can continue on. And I hope that you will take that to heart here this afternoon. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com.
www.thinkingdistinctly.com. Thanks for listening.